0: Saying yes is almost like a faith or a belief in yourself to figure out if it works for you or not, because then you get to say yes to not doing it, to doing something else. In other words, yes isn't always yes. I remember when I finally left Nickelodeon to just do my own work. I had to say no to them, or I would have kept getting the jobs and kept getting the jobs, so I had to say no. But then what I was really doing was saying yes to me.
1: I got to speak with Lynn Whipple today. This was poignant for me because it was her book, Expressive Flower Painting, that helped me to unlock the wild painter inside me after nearly 20 years of holding her back because I feared I would not be good enough at it. We talk about that and so many other things that I think you are going to find spark-generating and really inspiring. I've been asking you at the beginning of each show to leave me some stars and a review in Apple Podcasts. I just want to know how the show is landing for you. But as it turns out, reviews are actually a really important way to help me grow the show. So I want to ask you if you would please take a moment right now as you're listening and head over to Apple Podcasts and leave some stars and a review. Really, I think you could do the whole thing in under a minute and it would mean so much to me. Lynn and I talked about how we have been conditioned to doubt ourselves and how we can begin to listen and trust our instincts and how we can begin to cultivate bravery and creativity. It's a great conversation. I think you'll really enjoy it. And if you are enjoying the show, I'd like to ask you to please consider signing up to become a Patreon. I do need financial support in order to continue producing this show for you. And in exchange, I offer you Patreon-only bonuses, like early access to episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and a bi-weekly secret bonus episode just for Patreon supporters. Head over to patreon.com slash creativegeniuspodcast for more information. Towards the end of this episode, there's an electric moment when Lynn just lights up when she's sharing what she thinks creativity is. It's a truly special moment. I got the goosebumps. But I think my favorite part of this whole episode was when I got to read a gorgeous excerpt from her book back to her. We both cried. Have a listen. Welcome Lynn. Hi it's so good to be here. It's so awesome to have you here. I'm so I'm so happy to meet you. I feel like I'm meeting uh, like Elvis or something like I really <laughs> <laughs> I, well the Elvis of the of the expressive painting world like I really when I when I first, I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't let myself paint for about 20 years. And when I wow. finally let myself go back into it, I was kind of on the hunt for a mentor just through the serendipity, magical, you know how life works. Uh, I came across your book and you and your work. And I have to just t- like tell you, you've been such a big part of my own unfolding and blossoming. And so it's such an honor to have you here today, be talking to you about all these things. Oh my goodness! You are so delightful to say that, and I am thrilled to
0: be with you because I think you are in the perfect spot to share the things that you're sharing. So I'm grateful to be a part of it.
1: Thank you. I started this podcast as a result of this sort of aha moment I had about six months ago that I realized that you know we're we're kind of I think it's it's fair to say we're sort of I mean I say we're glitching, and I think it's fair to say that there's a lot wrong with humanity. And I had this moment where it just, you know, when you just kind of have like this felt knowing of how something works or is, I just realized that that glitching can be traced back to these really limiting beliefs that we've woven into our culture and society and humanity around creativity, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that it only exists in certain places, that only certain people have access to it, are entitled to even dare play with it or explore it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that the products of it have to look a certain way in order to be good and accepted by everybody else. And I don't just mean painting. I mean, like, you know, any kind of any kind of way that that, in, that that intelligence that is creativity would move. You know, there's all this gatekeeping everywhere around creativity. And so when I had that aha moment, it sort of came on the heels of several years of me really asking the universe or God or whatever you want to call it, to be useful, to be in service, to be helpful. And I kind of always was like, well, what, what could I possibly have to offer? I mean, I'm an artist and I'm a mom and I have a jewelry business. And how, like, what do I have that I could be like? I, wanted, I felt this calling to be in service to something big and I couldn't figure out what it was. And as soon as I realized that this is what I saw, but I realized I need to be, I need to help as many people as I can in this lifetime remember what is true about creativity, which mm. is that we, we all have it and And it actually is the intelligence that's animating the entire universe. You know if you're breathing, you're it's in you. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. yeah, so that's what that's what the intention of 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 this uh, work is. and i'm I'm so happy to have this conversation with you because I feel like you've transcended. I don't know if it was spontaneously or through years of work, and we can get into it we can find out. but so many of these limiting beliefs, like I just see you and my perception of you is that you're so free creatively. And I think mm-hmm. That's something that so many people yearn for. And I Mm -hmm. I just, I'm so excited to have you here to have this conversation. Oh my gosh. I can't um, tell you how true that
0: feels, what you're saying. And I think of it as... We could be. I always hold my hands up in the air like, like, like kids when they're artists, though it just comes straight through them. They don't know, they don't have any critics or anything. They're just like, wow, that could be green, this can be blue, and this could be so. It's sort of a connection, and we're all plugged in. I mean, that's really what animates life, right? And it's, I think of it as love or just energy or juice. So we get, you know, as we grow older, we get sort of disconnected where there's these layers of static that gets in the way and people say, oh, that's not valuable at all. The millions, you know, stories about my teacher said I wasn't good. And then we stop. So there's the disconnection. I have to be honest with you this morning. I hadn't been making anything. We have been so busy with holidays and guests and uh, just uh, all kinds of family things and stuff, you know, and I probably haven't been in the studio and really sat down maybe once this week. And I like to do that every day. And I was getting cranky. And I was like, my husband was like, Ooh, cranky pants. And I'm like, "Ah!" and I went out there to the studio and I just know myself. And I know this for every one of us. If I just start moving my hands, I got paint on my hands. I started smearing stuff around. I was like, in seconds, I became who I really am, which is like a child who loves to play and see what happens and just be in the moment and play with the color, play with cooking, play with gardening, whatever that is. And that's what we're supposed to do.
1: Mm-hmm. That this feels, I mean, it's what I, when my kids are five kids who are six or seven, she just turned seven, my daughter, and nine. And oh. when they get, when they get really like they're, it's a boy and a girl and they're, you know, they fight a lot, (laughs) yeah. but they also, they're both really passionate people and they love each other and they're so plugged in and, but they fight a lot. And, uh, often when they get like that, that's, you know, we, we often actually can't eat at the dining room table because even though I have my own studio across the yard, this is where, you know, the watercolors and the Christmas decorations Mm -hmm. and and I just, that's what, what I do when they're, and they're feeling that angsty kind of stuff. That's the first. and they mm-hmm. they resisted at first. Like I don't want to do art. I want to watch TV. But the second they touch the paint, it's the same. It's the same. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you can maybe share with us a little bit about how, because you had what I perceive would be a dream job at Nickelodeon. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, yeah. and you you left that to pursue a full time career of this, of what we're talking about. Yeah, we were
0: broke too, to do that, to say no to Nickelodeon because every time a show would end, you'd be unemployed, you know, and then you'd wait for the next show to come up. Um, It was such a fun job. I cannot imagine a better job. You know, kids television, I was a prop person, set decorator, I worked my way up to be art director. Um, I have so many friends from that part of our life still to this moment. And there's funny, funny, talented people. But after a while, you realize... Everything is script driven. In other words, instead of my idea, I had to make, you know, I was, there's so many dumb things we made, like a giant nose with, you know, green put- pudding coming out. They could, you know, ter- funny, funny, silly things, but it was still someone else's idea. And I, we had, my husband's an artist too, we had so many ideas of our own that we thought, gosh, if we spent the time and all the energy it takes to put on television, towards our own ideas, what could happen. And that's where we made the shift little by little, just a little. And then, you know, I sold a painting and it was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, is this maybe this could work, you know? And then it just grew and grew. But it was, it was slow going. It was a lot of faith. There was not a lot of money. It was just joy though. It was joyful and it was hard and it was frustrating and it was challenging and it was like the best thing ever.
1: Yeah, what what when you first started painting painting, you know, what were I'm wondering what what some of the obstacles were for when I think about sort of where and again maybe I'm projecting, but I feel like a lot of us have this trajectory where we're sort of we're very tamed mm-hmm. we're very like here's we were taught how to this is how you hold a pencil this is how you hold a paintbrush this is how you mm-hmm. and so in that process of untaming ourselves how uh there are obstacles that we bump into and I wondered if you can think back to that time when you Gosh. were really first getting into painting and what were those obstacles for you
0: I remember one of our studios I remember I used to paint on the porch in my landlady in this big old wooden house that I lived in with four other artists we had it was the was coolest place. We called the love shack, believe it or not. We had <laughs> gardens in the back. And Anyway, I would paint on the porch and then the um, landlady didn't like that because there was paint on the porch, but it was an obstacle because everything you see in your head is awkward when you try and get it down. So I just gave up with realism, trying to get it down. And I would just sort of express it the best I could. And it, it, is and still is it's awkward I mean my work is a little awkward it's a little uh willing to try willing to fail willing but then the cool stuff happens or I think it's cooler. or an aha went off so I I guess the obstacles or the obstacles just learning just trying it was like knowing that it really stunk but you just did it anyway or not I don't know not giving up maybe just keep at it Kind of a thing. I mean, I painted on stuff out of the trash. We painted on parts of sets. We used house paint that was left over from painting the sets for Nickelodeon. We just um, scrounged around, and somehow we painted with tar. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that; it's not so healthy, but it makes a really cool like you can like age stuff with it. And so we learned a lot of techniques. Uh, at Nickelodeon, being scenic and prop people and all that, so a lot of that we just kind of put into our art. When I say we, my husband also—he was an artist there. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it almost—it sounds a little bit like maybe in that time there wasn't a lot of extra resources for materials, at, at, which could be considered an obstacle. But then you were kind of scrappy and used these unique things, which I imagine led to your own unfolding like you have it, it kind of probably peppered your style a little bit oh that's i
0: think so and there's a very wonderful thing that happens when you do use and i i used to teach with house paint because of how i learned now i know now that house paint maybe you know there's properties of house paint i'm not a scientist but you could you know oil or you know higher grade paint's probably a great idea but the thing about that was it wasn't precious like I could just try it and figure it out. And if it didn't work, it's okay. Cause I didn't just squeeze that little tiny bit out of the tube and it was, you know, blah, blah, you know that whole thing. It was the opposite of that. It's like, let's let it sling. Let's let it fly. What does what this happen? What does green do next to red? Oh my God, it vibrates. Well, okay, that's cool. You don't even know why you just, you're in it. And you and that's like what I did today. The same exact thing. I get out there, I start mucking around. What if I tried that? oh my God, that looks so cool. Uh, let me scratch on top of it. I and mean, it's literally the same game I'm playing.
1: Yeah. You said something in the book um, that I wanted to ask you about because it felt like, uh, when I read it, it felt like sort of this aha moment. And it was around how, when you're in your studio, you are, um, as opposed to sort of being in this energy of trying to make something mm-hmm. or, try, or like, I'm going to go pay you are in a state of responding to what's happening. That's it. And Mm -hmm. I, I had to say that that, I mean, when I say it out loud, it just seems so obvious, but like, That's something that I think is, that was just such a a light bulb aha moment for me. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the one doing this thing. Mm -hmm. I'm, I I can just plan. How did that come to you? How did you realize that? And how did you cultivate an attitude towards your work where you were? Mm. Because I don't think that that's, I don't think that's spontaneous in many or everybody. I think a lot of us are in that efforting, like, let's try Mm -hmm. to do this. How did you get to this playful place of curious? Gosh, responding? I
0: don't, I don't think I ever knew how, <laughs> knew how to do it properly. I think I just, I did take these wonderful classes with a teacher from New York. His name is David Postolacqua. He was at uh, Parsons and Pratt and he, he brought students to Florida. And Anyway, it's a long story, but he would hold the New York students who were like brilliant and keep them in this, this sort of hotel and all they did was paint all day and all night. We would go to Disney and he would, and they would draw I want you to draw 1,000 people. I want you to draw this. I want you to draw that. And I would just like melt down and like take scraps off the ground, literally trash, and make some weird collage because I didn't know how to express it. I was over my head. But um, so I don't know what your answer was. But I, all I knew was that if I put one thing down, I would could respond to it. That's as far as I could go. Like I didn't know how to
1: plot it out. Well, yeah. And I think about this as a parallel for life. Like I often want to know, like I'm I'm in this place right now where I'm sinking every single thing I have energetically, financially, mindfully, like uh, into this work with the with this podcast. I have no idea where it's going. Yeah. I have no idea where it's going. And I, I mean, there is a part of me that really wants to know so Mm -hmm. that I can quiet that, like the worry and the, you know, Mm -hmm. all the, all the normal, but then, like you just said, like, but actually, isn't it more of an adventure if I don't? So I think there's actually a lot of wisdom in, in that setting an intention around just being willing to respond Mm -hmm. and take the next step, Mm -hmm. because then also you get to be, you get to be really present too to what's happening.
0: Yeah. You get to be in it. You're in it. So that, what, what more alive place can you be, but somewhere that you're sort of familiar, but sort of not. So all your senses are, you know, you're not, you're, you're almost like trusting because you're in motion, but you, you're, you're in that great state where you're somehow your eye and your hand are like, right. I don't even know which one's ahead, but they're just moving and moving and you're just going and going. And That's, that's like, for me, that's what art is. So if I can have that dance, and do it outside which is how I like to do it so I've got that thing happening all the
1: senses are going that kind of leads me to this to this other question I had to ask you which is around how creativity feels in your body Mm. oh my
0: I would have to say it feels passionate it feels this is going to sound weird it feels sexy in other words meaning that everything can be alive everything could be uh, heightened. Uh, it feels smart. It feels like I'm gonna shut my eyes. I gotta think about it. It feels flowy or dancy or bright or in motion or um, like trust, trusting, like flowy. It's almost like you're on some sort of a water ride or something. Um, Gosh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know how to say that. How does it
1: feel? Well, and I ask, I ask because it's, I feel like it's so important that we, if, if our intention is to sort of come back into contact with this intelligence that lives inside of us and that moves inside of us, it's, it, it can be helpful to hear other people describe it. Cause then we can say like, oh, actually, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that feeling. Oh, that's creativity. So I, so that was such a beautiful description that I think we can find ourselves, many of us could find ourselves in. Yeah. I love
0: it. Thank you. It feels alive. I think that's yeah. uh, sparkly alive. And then sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't. <laughs> and there's like, what what am I, this is a chocolate mess, but then you just tear it up and move it around and it's okay.
1: But yeah. What, what do you do with your work that you the the, the muddy stuff. Oh gosh,
0: I have so much of that right now because I've been working on paper. So you can just sort of stack it up and put it over there. And it's like, um, literally just, I do, I tear it up and I move it around and I try and get a combination of marks and shapes and colors that I wouldn't get normally. Or I might tear it and turn it upside down and add it to another thing so it's a big chunk of white. Or the more you can... um, sort of invent surprises for yourself during the process. I think, I think that's exciting. And then, and then I thought Uh, this morning, oh my God, this is so cool. I love this thing I made. And then I look at it later. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not that great looking, but that little corner right there when I was smudging it and got super excited and uh, you know, that, that, that was worth it. That little
1: piece. Do you have a personal mantra around creativity? you think there's like a... a...
0: I believe in moving your hands. I believe if you just promise yourself that you're going to move your hands every day, which even if it's a scribble or a swipe or a a color or something, even if it's literally five minutes or less, I believe that connects you up and then you've got something to respond to. It's that response,
1: mm. Mm. right? You can you can trigger that if you're stuck. You can just even just one little line can get you going again. Oh yeah, and then you're off. Oh, I love that, and then you're off. I, I I also love that you're always asking yourself how much fun can you have. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think I think that's when I I read that a lot in your book because that is that repeats a lot, um, and I just oh my goodness, because I think we're sort of hooked up. <laughs> Unfortunately, with all this conditioning that we've undergone through our educational system and family all, you know all the hereditary stuff and all the yeah we are sort of very serious creatures, right like fun as an adult is sort of well, that's not serious you can't be a serious person if you're right. you know and so I, I love that but I, it, the, the sort of darker side of that that I wanted to ask you about is what do you think is at the root of all this fear around creativity and around exploring and opening up that? that the doorway to the creative. What do you think that's about for us?
0: I actually don't know because everyone's different, but I think that when somebody gets shut down or belittled or made fun of in a class, I hear that a lot when I teach, everyone's got like, you're singing, you know, it's like people shut it down. And then there's some sort of embarrassment or shame or something. And we just want to hide it. So let's not do that again, because that did not feel good. But I, 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 I don't know. It's like the most pure thing you can do is play with color. It's joyful. And I don't know what people are afraid of. I think they're afraid of being judged
1: or looking stupid mm-hmm. or looking not smart. I, 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 ha- I wanted to ask you your opinion about this. I, I have have had this idea that keeps coming to me over the last couple of weeks um, around sort of archetypes that artists fall into. And I've only identified two so far. Maybe you can tell me if you think there are more, but there's sort of the adventurer Uh, who is somebody who just can't sit still and has to travel everywhere and see everything and touch everything and consume it all and make it all and they want to paint and they want to weave and they want to knit and they want to ru- they they want to do all these this is me mm-hmm. I'm t- I know this this one very well because it's me this one too and then there's the master who sort of falls in love with one discipline and then dedicates their entire life to creating you know and you know not not just the same thing over and over again but you know variations of that theme and in that mm-hmm. way and And I wanted to ask you, although I think I already know (laughs) what you think, (laughs) which
0: one you think you are. Definitely the first one. The curious, the adventurer, want to try it, want to touch it, want to taste it, want to see it, want to go, want to do all that. But, and I'm married to, my husband is even more of that than I am. Like he literally does, I do mixed media, which means I can do everything or I want to play with everything really is what it means. But he does sculpture and, and he's like, uh, super uh that kind of brain. So uh yeah that's our whole life is you know let's try this let's do this, let's do this. but I think there's so valid both ones. We have dear friends that are super masters and gosh, highly regarded and brilliant at what they do, you know, but they are it's almost like they're I could be wrong, but that they're like funneling it down, you know, to a sharper and sharper point. But then they're like this whereas I want to be like this. So it's about your, maybe we
1: can be masters at play. I like that. Is there something about that master archetype that, well, two things. Is there something about it that you resist or that you find like you don't, you, you're, you don't want to have in you? And is there something about the master that you, that you wish you could have a little bit more of?
0: I mean, there's goodness to both of them. Like the focus is really amazing, and the sticking with it, and that building of your skills, and and the, all that stuff is. I do love that, and I do actually hope for that, and try for that. And I do get sort of deep, and I am. I don't know. I'm I'm committed to this thing, being an artist. But someone telling me what to do, in other words, that's what's expected, and that's how that's going to be. I just have to put in. You know, five weeks. I don't know what the deal is, what you're making, but it's, um, it goes against my nature. It doesn't feel as in the moment. And it's a setup for my brain to rebel because I don't like to be and told what to do.
1: Maybe that's another archetype. Maybe there's the rebel archetype. Are there, do you feel like if we're describing, like if you're thinking of the sea of artists that you've met as students and as colleagues, and I mean, I just started thinking about this idea a week ago and that there's just two. But do you feel like there's other ones that you would name? Are there other kind of See, I'm just pure rebel so I don't even know the other ones.
0: Um, <laughs> that's so rebel of you. I know. <laughs> no, it's a problem because I I bristle, you know, I'm not I don't like to be told what to do. You just I, who does I don't know who does, but it's you know my art. Well, the
1: obliger, the obliger probably does. Yeah,
0: and there's people. What's the other ones? The one that is really good at um, people expect. Maybe that's the obliger.
1: Well, and you know, as as the podcast goes on, you know, to everybody listening to this right now, there, this list is going to grow. And also, yeah. if you want to shoot me an email because you think you have other ideas of what these archetypes could be, let me know because I'm going to add them to the list and we'll we'll talk about them in future episodes. That's a cool thing. Yeah, I'm
0: glad you're gathering that list because I think it's going to be fun to play with.
1: This episode of Creative Genius is brought to you by Morning Moon Nature Jewelry. Instantly familiar, yet unlike anything you've ever owned, this extraordinary handcrafted heirloom jewelry is famous for its incredible detail of actual textures from nature. Get 15% off your first order and feel the wonder. Use coupon code CREATIVEGENIUS. At lovemorningmoon.com. I wanted to um, take a few minutes to talk about your book, the Ex- Expressive Flower Painting book, because um, I mean, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful book. Thank you for, oh, you're for so, putting that into the world. So nice to say that. I feel like anybody who's mm-hmm. ever wanted to paint a flower should own that book. Um, but I wanted to tell you personally for me that, that you know, for almost 20 years, I didn't allow myself to paint. I went to art school. I went to, like, I went to, you know, fame. Do you remember fame? Sure. I went to, a high, yeah. Uh-huh. So I went to a high school that was like fame. There was like a visual arts program. There was an art, uh, music, and you had to audition to get in. And I went, I mean, I went to that oh, high school. Wow. I took art, art classes my whole life. Like I've been an artist since I was a tiny little kid, but something happened. Actually, it was around the time I was in my early twenties and I, I brought some paintings to a gallery. Mm-hmm not knowing how hard it was to get a gallery show, like have, no, having no idea, just not knowing and kind of being like, Hey, want to put these up on your thing? And they were, they were like, Oh, ha sweetheart. You don't, you know, you don't know how hard it is. And I said, well, okay, well, do you want to look at them? I'm here. They're some of them, they're my portfolio. And so they're like, okay, fine. And they, we opened up the portfolio and they were like, Oh, actually, Hmm. Maybe we would like to do a show with you. Oh my gosh. And yeah, and so then they were like, "Okay, well, here's what we'll do." Like, and we would just went straight into this, like, but planning out when it would be, and we'll do the wine and cheese, and we'll get the media here, and we'll do this, and this is how it works, and this is the terms. And I was, like, I remember, it was I lived in Ottawa, and it was like minus, well, in Canada, it's, it was minus thirty-five. I don't know what that is Ooh. off the top of my head for you. It was cold, cold. day, cold winter day, mm. standing outside at the bus stop. You know, I'm 22 or something, and I've got my little portfolio there, and I, I, that was the moment when everything just froze, and I thought. What if I, what if that was the last good painting that I could ever, I can't do this show. Oh, I can't, no. I can't. Cause what if I, what if, and I didn't paint again no. for 20 years. I never did the show. Oh no. Right. Isn't that the worst? Oh, no. <laughs> the worst. Oh no, no. I mean, it it led me. No, no, it's okay. Uh, it's it's okay. <laughs> I know. I know. But I, I ended up, you know, I ended up um pursuing another love, which was jewelry. So I have a, you know, a, a thriving career as a as a silversmith. And that brought yeah. me a lot of joy for a long time. And it wasn't, you know, there was wisdom in even that happening, but what I wanted to say was that about three years ago when I just was like, why aren't I at least just playing with paint? Like I go to the, I go to the art store and I just look at the paint oh. longingly and I like own all these paintbrushes, but I don't let my, what is, why? <laughs> so, I that summer I probably spent a small fortune on paint. Yes. Since, uh, I started to, um, I took some classes with Amanda Evanston and that was when I bought your book. Oh. And uh, it's, yeah. It's anyway, it's so beautiful and it's got so many important reminders in it. And I want to, so I want to talk a little bit about it. And before I do, <laughs> I, 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 I just have, to. I,
0: I love the part of the story where you didn't know better or whatever you want to say. And you just waltzed in and said, here's, I just want to share. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and I love that part where they go, Oh wait, this is fantastic. Like that was brilliant of you. So bravo. And I'm sorry you. it got scary after that, but good for you. To get that well, far. and it
1: didn't and isn't it amazing that that you're true like I love painting and i and I as much as I was born to do this podcast, I was also born to paint and create, and I you know I love it and and it it just goes to show you that it never does leave you, you know, even though it kind of i I put it away for a little mm. while and you might even say I shoved it down for a little while. Mm. Out of fear, it never it never left me, and it was always there, whispering and waiting to come back. And then, as soon as I like, I bought your book and I did a couple of courses, and it just like Woo. roared back into life like a fire that had this tiny little ember. And
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: it's beautiful. Yeah. But I promised my nine year old son, Cosmo, it's <laughs> <Cosmo>. uh, <laughs> <That's> great, <laughs> That's mine. That's so cute. He's my he's I'm an amazing person, and he has kind of turned into a little bit of a... He listens to the podcast. Hi, Cosmo. <laughs> hi, Cosmo. <laughs> He's sort of become my number one advisor. Or, you know, you should ask this kind of question more. And what about this? And cool. he said today, will you please ask Lynn? Because we were looking at your book and, Aww. you know, your work. And he said, will you please ask her a couple of questions for me? Because I can't be there. I have to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> what a team well, you have. have. A good team. We, yes, <laughs> very lucky. Yeah. He wanted to know what it is you love about uh, painting flowers so much. Oh, wow. Well, it's a good question,
0: Cosmo. Aren't flowers so beautiful? I mean, aren't they the most delightful thing? And the the color, the form, the the joy, the variety, the little tiny to the big, you know, fluffy, gorgeous through their whole lives, like in their Bud and then the burst, and then even as they droop, and they're still stunning to me. They're just magnificent. So, how do I love? I just like flowers. I think that's it. And they make a great subject because they are all those things, you know, organic lines and darks and lights. And I just,
1: they're just a good muse. They're just good stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He wanted me to ask you what your favorite flower is. Mm. I would say a
0: sunny, a sunflower, big old juicy sunflower. And it's the best thing is if you can pull it off, is to go to a sunflower field, you know, with the big ones and there's just stalks of them. My friend Karen and I, and they're as big as your head. And you, you know, they let you cut them at this farm where we go and you've got these stalks and they're just, Oh, there's bees everywhere, but the bees don't bother you because there's sunflowers. Like they don't want you. There's sunflowers. I don't know that those sunflowers, they're just great to paint too. You know, they're just good looking. They have those big loopy, droopy, pretty leaves. And yeah, I like a lot every flower just about, but I like the sunnies the best.
1: Okay. Well. He'll find that out now. I was going to say, I'll tell him, but he'll he'll find out. <laughs>
0: I wonder what his
1: favorite flower is. Does he have one? I, I don't know. I mean, he's named Cosmo. And so every year we do plant Cosmos mm-hmm. in the garden, but I don't know if uh, that means uh, we'll ask him. Yeah. I'll ask him. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. I'll ask I'd love him and to know. Can, whoever Yeah. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you talk in the book about how, um, a big 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 part of following our path is about saying yes. Yeah. And you write about how how yes can take you places and how uh how just how important yes is. And I feel like because of well, you know, if I think about maybe there's somebody listening to this right now going, well, yeah, it would be great to live a life of just saying these wild, abundant, happy, buoyant yeses, but the, for me the reality is I've been through some stuff and I've had some scary Life things and being, you know, saying yes to everything is scary. And I think, you know, saying no is a habit we develop to protect ourselves. Yeah. And so I was wondering if, if you could speak to that person right now about how to start to cultivate a habit of saying yes. What would you, what would you say to them?
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome question. What would I say? I found that by saying yes, even though I was scared or didn't know how to do stuff. I would sort of set me up to figure it out. And so as I went through the process, I'm thinking of when Carla asked me to teach online classes, I was like, I have no idea how to do that. but I'm going to say yes. And I'm just going to see what happens, you know? And then it's like, oh, this is really fun. This is cool. And then, I, you know, you just get better at it or worse. But saying yes is almost like a faith or a belief in yourself to figure out if it works for you or not. Because then you get to say yes to not doing it, to doing something else. In other words, yes isn't always yes. I remember when I finally left Nickelodeon to just do my own work. I had to say no to them or I would have kept getting the jobs and kept getting the jobs. So I had to say no. But then what I was really doing was saying yes to me. So I think maybe it's how you can frame it. Just those little yeses to yourself, even if they're internal. Are how you build that trust in yourself, I think.
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think they're yes and no is like two sides of a coin, right? And they're you know, yes to one thing is a no to the other, and vice versa. And I know that there have been times in my own past when I've felt sort of struggled with, you know, how do I discern what is a true yes? Like, you know, there's all these like pressures to say yes as to like, how do you start to feel? And I guess it, maybe it is the hint is in the word feeling, but how do you start to feel? and discern like for somebody who just has no frame of reference for how to be in the world in that way what are some really sort of like basic steps to start to feel the difference between a yes and a no? i think
0: it's like you said it is a feeling for me it's a gut it's like you think oh i'm excited to do this even though i'm not sure what i'm doing i'm still excited about the possibilities and what if and then your brain starts to expand and problem solve and like oh yeah or if it really doesn't and you really don't, and there's not an excitement there, there's that other thing where someone's telling me what to do and I don't want to do it, that feeling, then you don't have to do it. It's um I don't know. It's just a feeling. I think sometimes it helps to write it down and scribble it out and not you don't have to read it. It's just like talking to yourself, but you're allowing the marks on the page to sort of let your mind figure out, okay, is this really working for me or is it not? Is it really serving me? Is it not? Am I really going sort of towards what what, and how I wish to be or am
1: I stepping backwards? And yeah, I can even imagine as you're saying that, I can even imagine like sitting down and not even, you know, just scribbling and then taking a minute to just look at your mm-hmm. scribble. And it's just a way to listen in, I think another thing I want to talk to you about, which is, you know, you talk about how all, you know, as a result of you learning how to say yes, you found your circle of friends who are the people that you love to be with. And, and I, you know, I think that's so amazing. And I, but again, my mind went back to the person who's maybe just emerging into this life of learning how to say yes and follow their heart and, Mm -hmm. and who maybe hasn't um, made these connections with people yet or built those friendships. And, maybe even cuz i think there's a sort of story that once you're an adult it's sort of too late maybe even this person feels like it's too late mm. to to build that for themselves what would you want to tell them oh i don't think it's too late i really believe it's not too late i think
0: what what happens with people who are like minded especially artists i find or people who are creative whatever that means is you when you're almost like kindred spirits like you like sort of click and you have a shorthand and you both love cooking or the, you know, the color or the art supplies or, and then you just have this like joyful thing that you share, whatever that dogs walking dogs, you know, it's like, once you find that little place where you bump up against each other in a good way, a sparky, cool way, then those are your people. I, I had, I was so surprised by, like, I had a lot of good friends when I grew up, but I live in the same town. So I still have, I know people, you know, when I do an art festival here. It's like, I know people. My mom was a high school teacher here and I had friends, you know, and then I became an artist. They're a whole different set of friends and then when teaching, but they're still around. It's like they all sort of build and they all sort of overlap. And then by teaching workshops, like the friendships that happen in there are so lasting. And by taking workshops, you know, it's like, almost like you almost have to put yourself in a place where thing kindred spirits are going to be like if you're interested in art then maybe you are doing an art workshop and then those great connections and they last they continue to happen new ones you know it's really
1: kind of awesome <laughs> that is that it is true it is the power of the power but I think just as you were saying that I was thinking about I mean i gone to hundreds of workshops in my life and it's true. There are people I can look around my life right now and think, oh yeah, that's actually true. I knew her from the, uh-huh. The kindreds. Put yourself around the
0: people that you're like or interested in or want to learn from.
1: You know, Those are your people. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of I mean, you could sit at home and wait for them to accidentally walk by your house and mm-hmm. ha- happen to have a conversation <laughs> with you, and it might take a lot longer to build up a group of them. Or you could just go to where there's a whole gaggle of them already, and yeah, just yeah. kind of show I up, that. and then
0: there you go. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you talk a little bit in the book about doubting our instincts. And I wanted to just bring that up a little bit here today, because I do feel like so much of this conditioning that we undergo as children mm-hmm. and as young adults and whenever in our lives, uh, one of the main functions it seems to have is to get instilled in us this idea that we should doubt ourselves at every opportunity, right? Doubt our instincts, you know, just live with the rational mind. Don't. And I wanted to know if you would talk a little bit about how we can begin to tune into, mm. a- and not just tune into, but start to trust our instincts.
0: It's the most valuable thing that we have, isn't it? I mean, it's the thing that helps us make choices or show up or go this way or that. Or, I mean, our instincts, and we can ignore them. We all have done it, or we try and take the better advice. But if it doesn't quite feel right, that's your instinct. You know, people sometimes you meet people or situations and there's red flags and a little piece of you goes, hmm. Uh, you know but then you don't well then you end up later you know it does show up you're, you were right so if, you, if you're if you willing to trust that how do you do it I think it's like a muscle I think somehow I'm not sure how this happened but it, it, it serves the people who are telling us not to follow our instincts to follow them It serves them but is it serving you like not always so you become a little more choosy or you know it's your time this is your life these are your hours your days your moments your minutes your you know this is it this is good stuff right so why waste it through someone else's decision if you can just hone in listen it? sometimes I just have to shut my eyes and go huh Okay, yeah, no. <laughs> and then you're off in a different mm-hmm. direction. So, again, if you, you got to write it, you've got to. Your instincts are almost, I would have to say, they're not usually wrong. They're almost always right. And they're right yeah. then as long as they're right. And then the next thing will come and the next thing. In other words, you get to expand and grow and, you know, evolve,
1: of course that it's better to pay attention. Yeah. And it is a new way of navigating. I mean, I think we do, our tendency is to want to know what the big picture looks like and what the big steps are we have to take to get there. When life is more like, here's a little hint because it's going to, I'm going to give you this thing that feels really good. And that's your hint. So do that thing. And then mm-hmm. your next clue will come. And then, you know, it's like, but you don't get to know more. And on from one perspective, that's, like infinitely frustrating and annoying and difficult to do. But from another perspective, what an adventure, you know, waiting for your next clue, you know, here's your next, here's the next right thing. Here's the next fun thing. Here's the next thing you, you love. That's, that is a
0: great way to live. Now it's not easy to always do it. I know, but if we're tuning into that, all these little cool messages or little, you know, sparks that, take you this way or that, even in a store, even in, you know, what plant you're going to buy, which one, you have a sense of that. Am I going to buy this pink shirt or this orange shirt? Mm. You know, you, you already have these little choices built into your head and you know, what makes you choose anything? Those are kind of your instincts, right? So instead of crowding them out, sort of celebrate them. It's, you don't even have to talk about it. It's just like, Oh, I totally love that. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just Almost miss this cool whatever bird or something. So yeah, yeah, it's just so worth it. It's just so worth it to listen. You can start any time. You know what I mean? It's like you can always say, "Okay, that didn't quite work. Let me just think about a teeny bit differently. What would really be the most satisfying thing? Even if it's just not the long term, it's just right this second. What makes the most sense?"
1: And it's just like. A series of that. Well, and it's an extension of your. How can I have this? How can I have the most fun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like that. It's a very cheerful one-liner, but actually, it's deeply wise. I feel like it's you know that's such important instructions for for life. You know, for living your life, really. Yeah. Um, there, there's a an excerpt from the book that it says, um, "You say, painting is a wild ride, moved <laughs> forward by a million tiny decisions." Actions and acts of bravery. And the bravery piece, I wanted to ask you to talk a little bit more about because I feel like that's, you know, I know you talk about. Um, When you're in a painting and actually one of my other guests, Pamela Bates from a couple episodes ago said to me as a, she was kind of trying to trigger me a little bit into having a reaction, I think, but she said, what would happen if you just took a big black paintbrush and smeared it across the painting behind you? And I was like, no, I could never do, I could never do that. (laughs) And her point was like, you know, stop being so precious about things because it's stopping you from getting to the magic. Mm -hmm. But, and I, and it is connected to this bravery. So I wondered if you could talk a little bit about bravery with creativity.
0: It's just showing up. It's like responding. It's like not making it precious. So you can totally screw it up. And then the next thing is so much better or those accidents. I remember when I spilled this whole bottle of black ink on this thing that I'd spent a long time drawing with pen and ink. And it was kind of this cool, scratchy, weird drawing. And then I knocked the thing. I was like, oh, geez. And it was so much better. It was so much cooler. It was so much more fresh and weird. And I just like, oh man, I was just, I got myself all noodled in there and I thought I was happening and then I was obliterating. It was a thousand times better. Um, But you said bravery. I think a lot of bravery comes with not caring about what other people think. It's just you and some paint, right? It's just color. It's just paper. It's just like stuff. It's just art supplies. That's all it is. Like go for it. You don't have to show it to anybody, or even if you're in a workshop, that's why you're there is to stretch and try and pull and you know, and you can just go as crazy as you can at Mike make you insane, but then some part of you is gonna be more alive and you go, whew, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I did that. Okay, I can go back to my little, but I'm so glad I did that. Cause you get bigger, you know. So I think I think I've said this before and I never really thought about it, but it works out that. A superpower can be not giving a crap on anybody else, you know, what, what the
1: heck? Just do, do what you want. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> there's um there's an Elizabeth Gilbert quote that you and I both really love. It's, it wants to be made and it wants to be made, made by, by me. you. Yes, by me.
0: Exactly. Don't you feel that? No one I else. I feel it. Yeah, no one else can make I, it. I
1: feel it. And I want to ask you, like when really I feel it, I'm glad you asked me, how I feel it. Cause I actually, when I feel that, I feel there's this like entity, it's like a living being and it needs me to, it can't make the thing without me because it doesn't have a body mm-hmm. and I can't make the thing without it. Cause I don't have the inspiration. Mm-hmm. And so we need to, what is that?
0: That is life. That is love. That is juice. That is like energy. That is the holding thing. You know, that's everything. It wants to be made. So you gotta just be open, set yourself up, show up, have your stuff around, and just trust it. Cause it it's I don't even know how to explain it. It's energy is what it is, right? It's life force. It's why we're here. It's what animates everything. It's what makes it all grow and move and you know, the cycles of everything, life, kids, it's it's like the goods. It's like the it's the stuff, you know, it's like all of it. So why not show up and play the game, you know, play along. It's it's like everything, you know, and the stuff that we need to do to clear out the way or say, I need 20 minutes a day and don't everybody bother me or whatever that is for you. Do that. Because the more you do that, the more it shows up and you show up for it. It's almost a two way. Like you said, you need each other. It
1: needs you. Yeah. I, I interviewed somebody a couple of weeks ago and I think the gist of, the, I can't remember word for word cause I don't have that, that memory, but I asked it, I asked him what he thought creativity or this energy would say to us if it could have, if it had an actual voice or what it, what it wants. Cause that's kind of the next question I want to ask you is like, what's it, what does it want? Yeah. what is it, So maybe before I tell you what he said, I'll ask you, what, what do you think? What is it doing? What does it want?
0: It wants to be expressed. It wants to be felt. It wants to be enjoyed. It wants to be uh, alive and with us and in us and expressed. It wants to just like, I don't
1: even know, expand and.
0: Yeah, animate. It wants to live. I don't even know how to say yeah. it. Yeah, no. I mean, you do know.
1: You said it. You said it beautifully. Yeah, it wants. It wants out. It wants. It wants. Yeah, yeah. He said. Yeah, he said he, that it wanted to be acknowledged, and it, that really, like, it made me cry when he said that because I, I sort of, I feel like I. I had put that energy up on this pedestal where it was like this thing that was way better than me. And it was big, you know, it was like out there and I can, and it was separate from me, you know,
0: it requires you. It wants you. It needs you. It doesn't work without you. It's such
1: a win-win. It's like embrace each other. I, oh, I can't believe that our, our whole hour has already gone by. Oh, really? Can you believe that? No, it seems yeah. like really five minutes. That's five minutes. That's I know, crazy. I know, but great. You're so good Thank at you. this,
0: Kate. You're so good Thank at you. this. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Thank you're you. just like talk about connected. You you just mm. are. You know, keep that. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's really beautiful. It's
1: Good stuff. Thank you. I have uh, I have one more question for you uh, before we end, and it's the billboard question ah uh, yes you, i know you okay uh, say it how you say it it's like what would you put on a board uh, you know what actually before we do that let me let me i wanted to read i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do this without crying so i'm sorry <laughs> to our listeners if i cry i want to read is it okay with you if i read your the creative wish it says my creative wish for you no. it's from the end of the book yeah i haven't it's okay if i read, read that. that myself in a long long time I may cry. I tried to read it earlier and I had to stop. Perhaps it's a day like no other, where the sunlight hits you so perfectly that you feel like a varnished painting by Vermeer, where your day spills out ahead of you like so many arching fields of harvest and wheat. I want your coffee to be strong and hot like Jamaica. I want your skin to tingle with the smoothness of a magnolia petal and the shine of a fresh apple breakfast. I want you to dance and I want you to sing. I want you to make things. String words together, knit stories, and draw intersecting lines. I want you to submerge your mind in rich, vibrant color. I want you to make yourself laugh and take risks. I see you in full force. And I feel like you are an important part of this larger quilt of humanity. Your creative acts matter more than you realize. If you can do it, then I can do it too. So we all help ourselves by example. We are in this creative stew together, and I want us to simmer and then boil over, frolicking under the blue sky, a ruckus beach party, all sea-soaked and free, untamed, leaving nothing held back. Okay, that's it. Go move your hands, make something, play, share, have fun. Oh, oh that makes me cry. <laughs> that is, that oh. I I felt like creativity itself was talking to me through your words and I wanted to thank oh you gosh. so much for that. That's, nice. That's It's so beautiful. Thank you. Uh, I remember when I wrote that
0: and uh, it's so nice to hear someone read it. I've just I never heard like that beautiful face but that's true isn't Mm. it Mm. just light and air and
1: bubbling over it's just why wouldn't we yeah it's the yeah it's the whole it's it seems like the whole point is to enjoy ourselves like that seems like that's kind of it right that's pretty much it yeah I think it is so so (laughs) with all that being said (laughs) if you had a billboard I write on my billboard but okay. like every person in the world mm-hmm. who longed to be more creative, right, but for whatever reason, just believed that they couldn't or they didn't have it in them or it's too late or you know, any of those stories. But you knew that whatever you wrote on this billboard would would really reach their hearts. What would you what would you put on it?
0: You know, I would want them that this big, beautiful thing. it's like something I, know, I should know what I was I sort of thought about it, but then I have twelve answers. So it's something like, you are love or happy creativity or go make something or make art, just make art, just make art, (laughs) just share it,
1: just make art and share it because you are love. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming today.
0: Thank you for doing such a beautiful thing to help all of us remember these sparkly parts of us that are important. So you're awesome. Thank
1: you. <laughs> uh, where can people go to find more about your work? Where would you like them to go? They can go
0: to Lynn Whipple.com. If you just put Lynn Whipple in there, you can Google. There's lots of stuff. There's online classes, there's, oh, you know, Instagram, Lynn Whipple Instagram, Lynn Whipple Facebook, Lynn Whipple,
1: all that good stuff. It's out there. Okay. We'll, we'll put all that in the show notes. Cool. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Isn't Lynn wonderful? There are so many lessons here. My big takeaways from Lynn are creativity needs you just as much as you need it, and that the whole point of life is to enjoy ourselves, that so often the people or systems that want us to doubt ourselves are the ones most benefiting from our self-doubt, and that not caring what other people think is a superpower, and it's a superpower that lives in all of us. If you take one thing away from this episode today, I hope it's that our instincts are rarely, if ever, wrong. I didn't get a chance to tell Lynn about the card that I pulled from the Creative Genius deck for today's show until after we had stopped recording. She was blown away because it was trust. And so was I, honestly. Because so much of what Lynn is telling us boils down to this. It is okay to trust yourself. So I'll leave you with this thought. What would be available to you if you were to experiment just a little bit more with trusting your instincts? Thank you for being here, for opening your heart, and for listening. It takes a lot to put together this show, and I'm a fiercely independent person. Recently, though, as I was being curious about ways I might open to receive some support for this work, Gratitude Birds came to me. I'll tell you more about them in a minute, but before I do, if you feel inspired to make a financial contribution to support the show, please know that I sincerely appreciate every bit of support so much. It will make it possible for me to continue bringing you these inspiring conversations with these beautiful humans every other week. Find out how on patreon.com slash creativegeniuspodcast. Okay, so, gratitude birds... I don't know how long I'll do this, but right now, every month, I'll do a limited run of original four and a half by four and a half inch watercolors of the most adorable birds you've ever seen. They all have unique names and superpowers. You can collect them for yourself or you can have me send one directly to a friend. Maybe somebody you want to know that you feel grateful for. Find out more on KateShepherdCreative.com. Just look for Gratitude Birds. We have a truly incredible lineup of guests coming up do hit the subscribe button in your podcast app right now so you don't miss a single one. And I know it's one of those things that seems like it doesn't matter, but please take a moment to rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts. It really matters. Hearing your words about how the show is reaching your heart is fuel for my passion to keep creating these episodes for you. And it also helps other people learn about the show. Thank you again for listening. May you find and unleash your creative genius.